Welcome to the one place on the internet where you won't have to hear about Brett Kavanaugh. That's V'ger, please. A hateful voyage through the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph. I'm Peter. Peter, you sound like a healthy man. Yes, the uh, two-week war is over and my face is one. No more cold, no more sinus infection uh, for now. I got to go up and visit my mom this weekend and my sister's in town and both my nieces have colds. So I think they're going to drag us back to hell. (laughs) (laughs) If if any of the other uh, parents that I know of young children are any sign, this is basically a state that you are going to exist in like until your daughter's a teenager of like constant low level illness. Yeah. And I mean, I've got a really good immune system. Normally I dance through this stuff, but she's baking up some super weapons and it is ugly. It's some some chemical warfare, some real, you know, bio agent laboratory shit gets mm-hmm. baked up in these in these kids. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. The eye virus. You know, it's all the licking all the stuff at preschool or whatever that kids do. I don't know. <laughs> I watched her at the at the party, my mom's party, where she got sick three weeks ago, like drinking off five different cups. And I was like, man, we are fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all this talk about child care prescient in its own way, isn't it, Peter? Isn't it? All right, man. Season two, episode 22, in a sense. This was a. this was a perfect example of me of Voyager's uh, D plus to C minus level of mediocrity, in my opinion. Uh, just competent enough by the end of it that you didn't mind watching it. Oh, didn't I? <laughs> That's rather I take presumptuous it- of you, sir. <laughs> uh, it's, that was my 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 feelings on it. How did how'd you feel about it? I want to jump back here, man. Season two, episode 18, Death Wish. That's Winnie the Q. <clears throat> it was engaging. Life Signs. That's where we got the holographic Vidian Doctor. Fucking phenomenal episode. Investigation. I know you had your uh, issues with Newsboy Neelix, but uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And of course, brutal ass Deathlock last week. And now... We get this fucking thing, man. <laughs> Before we really jump into it, I was reading uh, the background on it. Do you know who who wrote this? This is Anthony Williams. Anthony Williams was uh, the the freelancer who was like an accountant or something for Paramount that submitted a script. His other episode was Cold Fire. That's the one where Kess meets the other Okampa who are under the care of Caretaker 2, which is Evil Caretaker. Yeah, we really liked that one. It was cool as fuck, man. It was a great episode. It was deep. It had continuity all over the place. This episode is garbage. This is... I don't even know what to call this one, man. (laughs) So, (laughs) we start off... uh, And we get the, the, the booty shot of a typical classic shuttle this is like the mm. next gen yeah it's, got that, yeah it's got that luscious rear end you know mm-hmm. just sticking right out right out at you it's good mm. yeah i had Sumptuous. the uh, i had the 
the Playmates toy for this shuttle. I'm very familiar with it. I'd know that booty anywhere when I saw it. And you've got Tuvok, who has dirt all over his uniform for some reason. And then some other dude who's laying on the floor. We'll find out that this is Ensign Bennett, who we have never met before and holds no impact over us emotionally one way or the other. And Ensign Bennett is not having a good day. He can't feel his legs. And he ignores Tuvok's advice about just chill out and stay put and starts trying to wiggle around. Um, And we find out that he's got some shattered vertebrae. And we put two and two together and realize that, lo and behold, the Voyager crew has suffered yet another terrible shuttlecraft accident. Which, it's been a while since we've had a, a good shuttlecraft accident, hasn't it? It has. It has. The the shuttlecraft have not been the death traps they've been. That that solid stretch there at the beginning of Season 2, they, they backed off a bit on that. But uh, we've returned uh, to the hazard well, to these uh, dangerous death traps floating around in the Delta Quadrant all by their lonesomes around uh, the piranhas and sharks that are lurking out there. Mm-hmm. This one apparently hit some space turbulence and Tuvok uh, was not able to uh, get it down softly. And Ensign Bennett here is having a bad case of uh, of the dramatic slow TV death. When he's like, hey, don't move around. Don't move around. The guy keeps wiggling. I was like, what, what, what if what if Tuvok just nerf pinched him out? Would that be? Would that be cruel or would that be, you know, legitimate medical assistance at this point? Well, I mean, he's in the middle of the death monologue, so I don't think even the the Vulcan nerve pinch can intercede when a bit actor has three or four lines of of dialogue, you know, attached to him. They're going to get that sweet scale pay, you know, uh, check at the end. So the nerve pinch has got nothing on that. This guy got bounced around the cabin hard enough he broke his back. Tuvok's fine. This guy's dying, and they were both in the same shuttle, probably sitting, you know, two feet away from each other. They need seatbelts. Needlessly died. I mean, think about what it took to kill this guy. He must have been getting bounced around inside this thing like a tennis ball in a concrete room, like a super ball in a concrete room. Just put some seatbelts. Just... Get some like bungee cords or some twine from Ikea. <laughs> or at least in the tape. back seats. I understand if you don't want to put a, a, a seat belt up front where the explosive consoles are, which <laughs> factors into this episode later. It does. You don't want to strap someone in next to an IED. That's cruel. But there are benches in the back of these things. Have yeah. some seat belts there. Like and I'll in tell you case what else. of water landing, you know, flotation device, all that shit. That toy I had, that Playmates toy. What if I told you that the toy actually had seatbelts? <laughs> oh my god! They did. Of course it did. Mm-hmm. Keep your because you don't want your toys getting broke while you're flying around doing sweet barrel rolls. But unfortunately, in real Star Trek, we don't care about what happens to the Ensign Bennett's out there. So he, you know, throws out some lines about how, you know, he thought he was lucky because he didn't have him be waiting from at home. But now he's having a lonely death with boring old Tuvok, and it sucks. And uh, uh, Tuvok, Tuvok really made sure to mention to him right before he dies that he could have totally scored with some other ensign up there, mm-hmm. but, you know, missed his chance. So that's a nice parting gift from from uh, Tuvok. Of- what he's doing, he's trying to create some um, some emotional strife so Bennett will come back as a ghost and haunt him. 
Yeah, that's that's good. He likes to collect ghosts of crew members of Voyager that have died directly due to his incompetence, which is a lot when you consider he's in charge of security and everything Seska's done is his fault. Yeah, you know, he is an avid collector of space ghosts because as he has found out on numerous occasions, it is very easy in the Voyager lifestyle to lose your own soul. So you never know when you have to pop someone else's in just to keep yourself whole. It's true. It's true. Q's not going to be around every time to re-soul everybody. <laughs> He's into that solar power. Oh, no. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm leaving that in. Edit it out. That's, That's staying bad. in. That's, That's staying in. The world has to know of your shame for that. A fucking pun, Peter. A fucking pun. Well, this tell you what. This is please, goddammit. We've got, we have... Like a hundred people, like now a hundred, not hundreds, not multiple hundreds, like exactly a hundred people who listen. And those people are above puns, Peter. They're above I'm trying them. to bring entertainment into a, a soulless, boring husk of an episode that I'm clawing my mind on things to talk about here. Let's jump to the, the, the meat and potatoes here. No sooner has Bennett died. And what I did think was interesting was uh, Tuvok has a little portable force field stasis field thing he pops up around the body to like i don't know ziploc seal him in and and preserve the body yeah he had that shit ready too so he's like "Mm, i think ends in gold shirt over here is probably a you know done for i'm gonna go ahead and bring the body collector (laughs) just just after uh he he pushes off throw that shit down imagine if you're bennett and you see tuvok's got the the space body bag field generator sitting there already <laughs> like oh come on come on man eh. <laughs> yeah but anyway so no sooner has he gotten this guy in the space body bag when three very annoying little children show up and i don't know what this alien race is called because i don't care uh these dudes are They're space amish they are space amish i said that exact same thing they've got these uh Widow's Peaks made out of dried Elmer's glue with some gray stuff mixed in. So it just looks like they have eczema really bad. Yes. And they roll up to Tuvok and they're like, uh, I don't know. He grabs one of them and she tries to like fight him off. And he's like, if I let you go, will you chill out? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Awkward, weird. Tuvok's very grabby around children is what we learn. (laughs) He is. He's a... So let's uh, this episode is bad. Like I said, I'd give it a like D plus at at being generous with some of the things I liked about it, which is mostly like Vulcan head cannon Mm -hmm. or Vulcan, not head cannon, Vulcan cannon being laid down and closer to the end, you know, that you start to understand what's actually going on. It's like, oh, okay, not like a really effective episode overall, but. Tuvok finds three children who have apparently crash land on this ship that have the Elmer's glue on their face. They're from this race and they are in desperate need of someone to protect them. And Tuvok, in the very matter of fact way that Tuvok does everything, says, well, very well, I will tend to your safety and I'll make sure to get you off the ship. And these kids react to him as a protective and paternal figure through the rest of the episode, including several instances where they uncomfortably hug him. And unfortunately for you and for me, the, the majority of the episode 
is this inane dialogue where Tuvok is attempting to get these kids to stop acting like kids. That's what it boils down to for about, I want to say, 18 of the 44 minutes. Yeah, uh, the only thing they're really missing here is some spray-painted Air Jordans and uh, scenes of them climbing up and down ladders and jogging through empty hallways, a la God, he really is. He, he, He is the harbinger of bad episodes. He really is. I, I, and he's not always he's not always terrible, but he is always an element of terrible. It's like if he's the focus, right? And they are trying to take him out of his. No, I want I don't want to say because if they try to take him out of his element, like they did uh, the Lon Suter episode, yeah, and Meld, yeah, Meld, absolutely, that was really good. It's it's when they try to make him cute or relatable and it doesn't work because his character by definition it, you know <clears throat> we're not dealing with spock we're not dealing with data we don't have someone who has human qualities or a desire to be human or an opportunity for outbursts and other interesting fun stuff like this dude is a by the book vulcan and yeah absolutely when you make him worse than what he should be he becomes interesting but when you try to make him better and i'm talking like morally or inner i don't know what's what's the word i'm looking for here when you try to make him more comedic right more lovable yeah lovable when you make him more despicable he's great when you make him more lovable it's it's miserable i understand what they want to do with him which is take him out of the comfort zone and make a story out of it and we've said before the reason why it sucks with Tuvok to make him the focus is that every other Vulcan character has had more shit going on with him that adds drama into whatever is going on in addition to the circumstance that adds layers that make for compelling comp- performance. Tuvok has none of those doubts, none of that going on. He is a, a t- tried and true, 100% secure, experienced Vulcan. Nothing fucking shakes him. And the only times where he's been effectively used as the focus of the story has been utilizing that to the story's advantage like melt perfect perfect example of how to okay we've got a straight-laced vulcan character let's do something interesting with that that takes him away from being straight-laced but because he got there through a very vulcan problem they couldn't figure this shit out and so he decided to do a mind meld because he figured that'd be the way to figure this shit out that's why that was effective. Yeah. We had this fish out of water stuff, making friends with a fucking Maquis and shooting pool with Dolby while he talks about how Cardassians raped his whole family. It, that actually, hey, remember that happened. It, it never works. It's never right. And him being the fucking private eye, it's not good. And it's not good to cast him in the role as the paternal figure who comes to emotionally connect with these kids. I, I understand that his character is a father, so they're trying to he's trying to they're trying to build that dichotomy of like this is him reckoning with children who are more emotional than Vulcan children, I guess. But it just comes off as boring and stupid and a waste of time for the vast majority of the time that you're down there. And the only things interesting are when Tuvok starts kind of revealing some information about 
how Vulcans work, about how Vulcan families work, Vulcan society, how they synthesize their emotions, sprinkles in some knowledge there that I appreciated as it's just a super deep, 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 deep Trek nerd. Otherwise, these scenes are garbage and I don't even want to talk about them. Well, let me just give an overview, right? Tuvok stuck on this planet because the there's space storms or something in the upper atmosphere. It fucked up the shuttle. It crashed it. These kids, they were being transported here by um, by their parent type figures. They crashed. They're afraid. They believe that there is a monster that lives in a cave that is <clears throat> conveniently 10 yards away from where Tuvok crashed. This cave looks like a big rock butthole. It does. Tuvok says there's no monster in the cave. He doesn't bother to go check it out at any point. But hey, trust me, uh, there's no monster in the cave. And you guys can hang out with me and annoy me while I try to fix the shuttle and get us out of here. Uh, The critical issue here is that Tuvok is portrayed by Tim Russ and not Scott Bayo. And what they've tried to establish here on the surface is Tuvok in charge. (laughs) Tuvok in charge. Yeah. Of my life, of my whatever. So, yeah, we got this Charles in charge thing going on on the surface. It sucks. Meanwhile, up in space, you got Voyager cruising around. And what's going on is Voyager is still looking for some unobtainium that I cannot remember what it is called, but it is uh, the same stuff that they were looking for in another terrible episode, which was Tattoo. And you'll recall that was uh, where Tuvok, I'm sorry, where Chakotay discovers his alien astronaut space masters it's funny you bring that up because the very first fucking scene that we have on voyager is janeway and chakotay go into the transporter room because they're about to meet with the uh basically the president of these of the uh space amish (laughs) and space amish beam aboard and they give like a, a a traditional greeting you know, to their, uh, they quite, they quote the Bible from their people. Yeah. Yeah. And so Chakotay to, I don't know if show off or, or our match in kind gives it a traditional greeting. And he says, this is from, you know, the spirits gave these words to my people. And I'm like, well, wait, a wait a fucking second. Chakotay. Didn't you meet the fucking aliens who were your quote unquote spirits? Didn't they have fucking Jersey accents and terrible <laughs> makeup on? Why didn't you just say this is from some guy who sounded like he was from Newark that I ran into in the Delta Quadrant? I don't know why. The alien species who I worship uh, making me a byproduct of what happens when you don't follow the prime directive as I try to follow the prime directive on other people so they don't have a warped upbringing like me. Yeah, his whole thing, like he had an interesting line of dialogue with uh, Janeway on the way down about you know, how they both liked first contact diplomacy opportunities and how he almost got kicked back to the academy when he was still in Starfleet because on his first assignment, he botched a handshake and basically made the leader of the aliens think he wanted to give him a handy or something. <laughs> but yeah, that whole exchange in the transporter room, I'm just like, shut the hell up, Chakotay. Nobody cares. And and let's stick on tattoo here for a second, because it's another potent, terrible episode from season two. This is the same fucking plot, isn't it? Basically, it's we got a guy and we want to talk about their backstory and flesh their boring character out a little bit. So let's have them get stuck on the planet surface because of atmospheric uh, ionization. 
and he can meet some of the natives and be forced in together. And, uh, you know, we'll have a, a heartwarming coming of age story. I, th- I think this was slightly better than tattoo, but less fun to watch. If that makes any sense, like qualitatively. Yes. <laughs> like tattoo. <laughs> was... Pleasedly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Tattoo was so fucking bad. It was fun to watch and make fun of. I delighted in making that podcast because I knew of like all of this majesty and wonder that was in front of us to mock. This is like just competent enough to stay outside anything compelling to talk about. Like, well, I got something compelling. I'm angry at it. (laughs) Let's talk about, and it's excellent. You decided to call them the space Amish because that's what I called them as a space Amish. Describe the space Amish for the people at home who have been lucky enough not to see this goddamn episode. So the space Amish are wearing what looks like some sort of enlarged pantyhose on their head. They look like stranglers. They look like the dudes like <laughs> in the 80s and early 90s, like bad guys would take pantyhose and put them over their face and hide behind the door and attack young women in their bedrooms. And that's what they've got. Like, they look ridiculous. They, they're wearing these like black and gray smocks over over their bodies. Yeah, they've got uh, Amish gray shawls on and pantyhose mosquito nets over their heads. They don't really come off as too bad. They get beamed on. Like I said, um, Voyager's still looking for whatever. Unobtainium. Resource, you know, that that started on their trek in uh, tattoo and they're here. They've dispatched a bunch of shuttles to different moons and other regions of the solar system to scout for that. And that's how uh, that's how Tuvok and Bennett got trapped on that. They were they were doing geological survey uh, and they bring these leaders over. We find out the the leader of the space Amish people uh, shun attention that, or, or so Neelix has told them off screen because Mr. Phillips ain't getting paid this week. Oh, no, he showed up for a one line. Did he? Yeah, when well, he got off the shuttle with the uh, Balata. Oh, you're right. Yeah, this forgettable yeah, he episode. Got his I line. Forgot. Got that cash, that check on the way to the casino. That's good. Um, it's good to go. But he had said that. Uh, yeah. So these aliens, they they're isolationists. They don't really want to talk to outsiders, and rightfully so, because you know it's just Kazan and Vidians rolling around. Why would you want to deal with these guys? But for yeah, whatever like, reason, yeah, I'd rather not talk. If that's who I've got to talk to. <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, the charming story of Voyager, the death ship, the ship of death on its return to the Alpha Quadrant uh, was just interesting enough that uh, they want the president of the planet agreed to come up. <clears throat> so she meets. This two- is what they this is what they get for not being on Delta Quadrant next door. They're isolated. They didn't download the app, so they don't have the info that everybody else has. Yeah. And they reveal and that once upon a the time they were all about technology but uh their forefathers had the insight to basically step away from their wicked technology and i don't know i start I building barns scene, i think the scene that they had in, in the engine room when she lays that that speech out and janeway is trying to defend how it is that they approach things was probably the most compelling exchange in the episode yeah that's a low bar to clear but i'd say that was probably uh like the way they introduce how these space Amish think could have been interesting, but they don't really do anything with it, I guess, is the problem. Like they set these guys up, they have these conversations, and then it, they abandon any sort of depth to them. And it just becomes about what's happening on the planet and that it's obviously sensitive to them. 
Yeah, so they they take him on a tour, and the space Amish are kind of dicks, right? Chakotay and Janeway are like, hey, here's our warp cords. This is how we get around. And the president's like, this is the first thing you show me is your technology, you bragging and blah, blah, blah. And that's like, no, I mean, Janeway obviously brought you down here because you're an unknown alien. And she wants to make sure you've got ample opportunity to sabotage the ship. And why not drag you into the nerve center? Hey, now, this is our nerve center. If you are a terrible (laughs) alien creature... This is exactly where you want to go to fuck with us. Bad guys I mean, we're really bad guys love hanging out down here. You'll love it too. We we want to make your efforts towards really making sure our ship is sur- super turbo fucked as easy as possible. As easy as possible. We, we're here for you. We're here for you. So, yeah, she's like, you know, we've believe blah 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 and our energy and uh, lays out the religious principles, which unfortunately come into play later on. <laughs> I was happy to just kind of disregard it and move along, but damn it, this uh, this space energy story of theirs uh, is a thing. Um, yeah, so they show them around, but halfway through the tour, Amish president gets a phone call from her people, and she takes it and comes back and says, something's gone wrong, and I got to go. And we're going to get out of here. And Janeway's like, well, you know, we were hoping we could be friends because, you know, we want your unobtainium that's around here. And Amish President's kind of like, yeah, no, please respect our wishes that we won't be left alone. And, uh, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. So they quickly leave and Tuvok continues to try and reason with children, whatever. It's stupid and uh, struggles to manage them. Eventually, they... The kids drop to to Tuvok once the space Amish seem to be finding them is that uh, they're afraid of find being found because they're they're convinced that uh, their people want to kill them, which obviously makes Tuvok very concerned. And we started guessing between myself, Stevie and a friend of the show, Andrew, was over and we were watching it of what. What is going to be like the the payoff for the episode, right? And we all immediately thought to ourselves what ended up being the correct answer. It it was clear to me. Was it clear to you what the answer was going to be? No. Uh, when the kids started saying, you know, the capsule from Netflix, I figured that we were going to be dealing with a legit space monster. Maybe like a backwards people who were sending sacrifices down, which could have been kind of cool. And when they did confirm that, Hey, you know, these there's death teams out sweeping for us. I was like, that's kind of fucked up. That's, that's a little interesting. I, you know, if these guys really are that villainous, I I could get on board, but I was really hoping it would be again, uh, an ignorant backwards people who are willfully sacrificing their children to some animal on the planet under the belief that it's going to make it rain or whatever, you know, some sort of, I I thought they precluded that pretty clearly though, by the way that they introduced the race as the space Amish did have advanced technology. And so they had an advanced understanding in the universe, but they decided to pull back from that and isolate themselves willingly rather than out of ignorance. So I didn't think at all that this was legitimately going to be these guys sacrificing children to some sort of like animalistic God or creature. It's a contradictory. I felt like they prefaced that it's a contradictory episode because they say, again, we are being presented with like literally space Amish 
you know, yet they're still using technology, spaceships, interstellar transport and all that other stuff. Like, so I didn't think it was unreasonable for them to have some sort of a major uh, flawed notion, despite, you know, some degree of enlightenment technology related because they had this religious pervasive, not pervasive, but they had a, a strong religious undertone to their society. What we get next is possibly the worst hiding scene in all of television or cinematic history. <laughs> this was fucking hilarious to me. So essentially Tuvok and these kids are hiding out in a bush near where the shuttlecraft is. And Tuvok explains that he has rigged his tricorder to deflect whatever sensor uh, the space Amish are using to try and find them. But the problem is they're hiding in a bush that doesn't actually conceal them at all. Like the camera shot is from the perspective of where the, the shuttlecraft is into them. And they're like in this little clearing and they're like behind a branch. Like anyone would be able to walk by and see them. The space they, Amish who do not rely on technology, <laughs> who really shouldn't care what their sensors say and should just be, you know, rooting around using their eyes. Right. Looking for these people. Right. Exactly. I think they just know that uh, Chakotay in this episode sucks and they don't want any part of it. So they're willing to turn a blind eye so they don't have to be a part of it. Man, you just called Tuvok Chakotay. That's how we know. Yeah. That's how we know it's bad. Yeah. Like. I, that that was a, a a kind of Freudian slip, right there. It tells you what you need to know. Yeah. Tuvok has become the new Chicote. Chicote has grown on me. He really has. Like his his all his Seska shit has made me like him. Tuvok has gotten not nearly as much going for him. So I know that like Chicote is our whipping boy. I think it's got to be Tuvok now. This is some. This was not good. I would almost say that in my my Voyager fantasy rankings that Harry Kim fresh off a uh, vacuum of space death is more interesting at this point because he is from another Voyager than Tuvok is. And I also want to go ahead and remind everybody that in my mind, uh, Harry Kim is a pathological liar and I'm having a lot of fun just applying anything he says as an intentional lie and just seeing how people react around him. But yeah, the, the, the scene's ridiculous. And, you know, this is the first time in Voyager I think we've really been forced into contact with children. Children actors in Star Trek are normally like super terrible, I want to kill myself level bad. And I wouldn't say these right. guys are the worst, but they're certainly not the best. Um, And they are as annoying as the script wants them to be. I, you know, yeah, stuff like hiding in the bushes. Yeah, you're going to have to phone it in because you're not getting anything amazing out of these kids. So whatever. It's a plot device. They uh, dodge the space Amish death squad. And now Tuvok's got some credibility towards what these kids are saying about the planet. He still doesn't believe them about the space monster in, uh, you know, the butthole shaped Dagobah cave. <laughs> right. But. You know, the, the timer's on. He's got to get off the planet. He's got to take these kids with him. Uh, and there's something funky going on. So 
the space Amish get really upset that Voyager shows up to try and find Tuvok after they get clued into the fact that he crashed there. And the space Amish don't, instead of, you know, explaining the situation, you know, of course they don't, of course they don't just say, hey, this is the planet that we all come to when we die and we age in reverse of your species. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh holy shit. Hold on. Sorry about that, guys. I know I know, I just blew it. I know I just spoiled it. I'm sure you never fucking saw that coming. I'm sure that was a real fucking shocker. I was shocked. I wasn't shocked. I didn't see it coming. It's such a stupid concept that I didn't think it would be possible for them to work it into a Star Trek story. These kids are a bunch of grandparents who have been shuttled off by uh, hospice services to a planet where nobody lives but they believe that they all came from to make a pilgrimage into a, a cave, not, not much unlike a space spider asteroid to energy phase out of their clothing. And I don't know where they end up, but maybe it's a place where Harry Kim transported over to that one time in the space spider cave. Uh, this, this episode, there's, let's let's just cut to the the real shocking revelation not only do we have this benjamin button thing going on but the production staff actually had the audacity to jam a musical number into this place in the form of a vulcan singing a bedtime story it comes off as yodeling and it is miserable (laughs) okay so tim russ seems like he has musical talent like, I think he could sing if he was given a good song to do. He didn't sound terrible, like, in terms of his voice. But the song they give him is abjectly terrible. Like, it's, I don't know what to call it. It's yodeling, maybe. Just the most basic structure. It 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 is not a song that is crafted in any way for Tim Russ to demonstrate, you know, strong you know, melodic ability. Although he does seem to have some. Yeah. It's like, what song can we give Tim Russ to sing that is really going to take whatever potential he has to impress and, and make something entertaining and just run it into the ground, which is what, you know, a Vulcan nursery rhyme should do, I suppose, but it was not pleasant to sit through regardless. So he wins these kids over. He sings him a lullaby. They fall asleep. He promises he's going to protect all of them. And he stays up. We find out that Tuvok is able to stay awake for several days in a row, if need be. Right. One of of several Vulcan facts we learned. The only thing that I really kept me engaged was learning different little Vulcan facts as Tuvok explained what Vulcans were like to these aliens that he has just met. Uh, The kids, you know, get a respect for him and promise to quit fucking around with the tools he's got all over the back of the shuttle, which includes one of those little plasma torches that uh, Jonas tried to shoot Neelix in the back of the head with a couple episodes ago. But lo and behold, uh, in the morning, even though Tuvok's been sitting there paying attention, uh, you know, theoretically the entire time, uh, the leader little girl comes up and, uh, you know, hey, where are the other two guys at? (laughs) Tuvok's like, ah, damn. Uh, You know, Tuvok, the worst babysitter ever. I am no Scott Bayo. I have uh, neglected my sworn duty 
And these kids have, of course, wandered off to Butthole Cave. I uh, I really wanted to make Babysitter Club jokes in this episode, but I really, after this, the Scott Baio in, in, invocation, I just feel like that's just got to be Tuvok in Charge is going to be the name of this episode. I don't think it can be anything else. I agree, and I think that's doing it too great of a service. People are going to be like, wow, Tuvok in Charge. Is that a Scott Bayo joke? This is going to be a really cheeky and fun episode. And no, it's just it's a crappy, boring episode. It's going to be one of our grandstanding, shitty and ultimately short episodes. Yeah, that's how you know it's bad. Is Vager please under an hour? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Abandon all hope. So Tuvok does what any you know good babysitter would do. And he gives the little girl a uh, super weapon phaser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give the girl a gat. Like here's a a a particle beam generator that can literally vaporize someone if you accidentally set it high enough. Mm-hmm. Let me give this to you and tell you to shoot it at anyone that comes in the door that you might not recognize, you know, like a member of my crew. Like how yeah. the fuck are you gonna know, right? Like if Captain Janeway comes up, it's like, oh hey, little girl. To be fair, when that door lowers down. The first thing you're going to see is the top of their head. And if there's no pantyhose stocking pulled over the face, you know you're safe. Uh, but Tuvok gets his tricorder, wanders off into the cave. We get a kind of a, like I said, a Dago buff feel like, you know, he's going in to confront whatever this monster is in there. And he finds a bunch of pairs of clothing laying in the dirt and they are all clean. It's not like gore. It's just like whatever was in there you know, turned into forest glowies and went away. There's a lot of, there's a lot of star Wars East parts to this. <laughs> and yet right? it still sucks. Um, <laughs> he comes out back, uh, drops the door, almost gets shot and has to tell the little girl. Yeah. So it turns out you're right. And uh, the kids are dead in the cave. So my bad, we need to get out of here. And uh, she agrees to help him fix a shuttle. You get a little montage of them trying to put stuff back together you realize that the shuttle set, which is, you know, kind of crash landed into the jungle, the shuttle that they're working out of does not have windows. Did you notice this? It doesn't? It doesn't. The fucking leaves and shit are like hanging inside the cockpit. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I, 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 I did not notice that. I did not notice that. That's fucking amazing. Then we get treated to some of the worst CGI I have seen in Voyager to date. Um, oh, my God. Yes. That is really the standout part of this episode. It looks like they spent roughly twenty six dollars and 40 cents on this CGI scene. Uh, they find out that, you know, OK, he's on this planet surface. And of course, because, you know, the super advanced Federation technology that never works right still doesn't work right they can't get clean scans they can't get a targeting lock with the transporters you know they're gonna have to take another shuttlecraft down so janeways decides it's gonna be her and she's gonna take paris and they're gonna fly down to the surface themselves and they get whatever they try to build this tension in this process of them like doing the pre-flight check all right let's take our badass shuttlecraft we're gonna have this this dog fight with the space amish in the atmosphere while we're at a technological disadvantage on their home turf and we're gonna meet tuvok in midair in his shuttle and we're gonna do shit together maybe we'll beam him off or i don't know like all of this stuff they could have done they could have looked fucking bad as shit could have looked awesome and what do they do instead what do they fucking do they do the most low speed, 
low effort, bargain basement, tension free shit you have ever seen. It was like watching paint dry. It was fucking awful. You find out that apparently Voyager has to depressurize the entire shuttle bay for shuttles to leave. They don't just have a force field. They fly out into space and whatever. And uh, yeah, you see this, uh, whatever, the Type 9 shuttlecraft fly out of the back of Voyager. And it is it is terrible CG. Go, watch this episode just to see how bad this CG. It is terrible. But yeah, they fly out. There's some, uh, you know, threatening comments from the president towards Janeway. She's like, whatever. And they go down to the surface anyways. About the same time, uh, Tuvok's able to get his shuttlecraft up in the air. And we talked before about what are we going to consider a shuttlecraft accident? Do we got to go for a full scrap? If they can fix it, does it count as a destroyed shuttle? Does it cause an entire, you know, plot of an episode? Do we want to say this was a, a legitimate shuttle accident? You know, it killed a crew member. It has to be legit, right? Absolutely. It was a legitimate accident. It, it That Ensign whatever the fuck, we've Benny. already forgotten his name. Benny. Ensign Benny. Oh. Benny? <laughs> Benny Poor, Bennett. Uh, rest in peace, Benny. Rest in peace, Benny. Sorry you didn't have sex with whoever that person was that real, apparently wanted to have real sex Real quick, Chekhov's gun. Like, when the kids are talking about whatever they call the monster, um, the marmacock or whatever. <laughs> sure, okay. The marmaduke. The babaduke. Uh, the the babaduke. Yeah. Uh, they say, hey, this thing eats the dead. It it drags children off and it eats dead body. That's what I thought at first was like, <clears throat> any any dead flesh around will come eat. And I figured that was kind of why uh, Chakotay made such a big show about putting that stasis field around Bennett's body was that eventually Bennett's body was going to get abducted and cannibalized or whatever. But I yeah, I thought I thought that was going to happen too. I didn't remember this one at all. So none of this, none of this was in my memory. And uh, I assumed that was going to be some part of the reveal that like this, this, that he didn't actually get eaten by anything in the end, but like whatever force is working on this planet that reclaims those that have reached the end of their life would have claimed him too or something. Whatever. But no. they just don't explain it. Really. So anyways, he gets the shuttlecraft, which we're going to call a legit shuttle accident. He gets it up in the air, but you know, it's not flying right. There's a couple warning shots from the space Amish president who's in this space Amish fighter. It's like a horse-drawn carriage with some laser guns on the side. <laughs> right. And I don't even know what happens. There's a couple warning shots. Eventually, he goes back down to the surface. You get this Mexican standoff with uh, the president, Tuvok, this little girl, and then Janeway and Paris show up. And, like, you know, it's classic Star Trek stupid plot. Like, hey, the entire premise of this episode that we could have resolved had only you know one party been forthcoming about some information finally the right. president's like right hey you know as it turns out we age backwards like benjamin button and when we reach you know the age where it's time for us to die we make a pilgrimage back to this planet and there's you know space butthole cave over there where we go and become one with energy and this is a real big deal. It's our funeral, right? And everybody's like, ooh, sorry. So you mean it's not a bunch? You mean this isn't like some Logan's Run shit where, or Maze Runner or whatever Hunger Games stuff going on here? And they're like, yeah, no. And then Janeway's like, oops, our bad. And then the president's like, 
hey, it's cool. You know what? We can be friends after all for some reason because it's been nothing but rocky relations with you. <laughs> but for some unknown reason, now everything's cool. And it's just this wet fart ending, and it's... I I thought that the reveal of the fact that their Benjamin buttoning was done in a way with with the dialogue of explaining you know you know this is just like we their biological processes they just dissipate into energy i thought that was interesting like an interesting thought they don't like die in the traditional sense it's just they didn't do anything with the pieces that were in this episode that seemed like there was meat on the bone and instead they focused all their time on a tuvok endlessly trying to discipline children and B, shitty CG and tensionless action-free action quote unquote sequences. Uh, just the just poorly. This is a poorly optimized episode. There could have been something interesting out of the premise, and they didn't make that. And instead, they did the least interesting thing they could with it at every turn. What if I told you, Joe? That uh, our favorites, Lisa Klink, who has chimed in on a couple, she's part of the production staff who, you know, was behind a few other boring ass episodes. And Jerry Taylor just absolutely adored this episode and thought it was ah. really the bee's knees and so good and delightful ah. and charming and all that other crap. I don't know. Maybe these people really saw the episodes as kind of like, you know, these are crappy. And when they get interviewed and stuff for Starlog or whatever, like, oh, no, that was a great one. A plus. I, I loved it. And they're willfully lying. But I just think that there's people involved in Star Trek, specifically Voyager, who are after different things than you and I. And that, you know, we're not going to be able to reconcile those differences. And there's going to be episodes in there that they absolutely adored that we poop all over and that i think we're answering our question though the question that we started this this season this whole show with which is why is a star trek voyager a star trek show that was on for seven seasons so disliked like the show went for so long had such good viewership particularly at the beginning and still had relatively strong viewership relative to you know what happened later on with enterprise at, at the end of it, it anchored its network. It remained the best rated show on UPN the entire time it was on. But why do people not like it? How did it stay on this long and have this many people watch it if it was really that bad? I think this is why. This does this episode just didn't quite work as Star Trek, you know? It feels too sitcom-y. And, and I want to look back at some of the other episodes. Maybe we'll do it for the season two rip, <clears throat> you know, are the episodes that we really don't like too sitcom-y in general? Are they trying to appeal to too broad of an audience uh, at the cost of sacrificing the sci-fi appeal of Trek? Yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah, and this was a, this was a real drag of an episode. I, I don't know if it was the worst for the season, but it I, I didn't come out of this. I don't know. I, I I guess we did come out of it with, you know, good Vulcan headcanon and <laughs> some nice views of our old friend, the Type 6 shuttlecraft, but it just felt like a waste of time. And I think that, you know, if I was recommending episodes for people to watch or to avoid, I'd definitely say this is a 
this is a very strong skip candidate. Uh, 100%. 100%. But what do we have next, Peter? Next is a different story. Is it ever? I got season two, episode 23. In this picture, I see Harry Kim, who does not look happy, right? I've seen this picture floating up for a while, and I'm I'm really excited to see what Mm -hmm. this is about. Harry Kim is looking at this guy like somewhere under the the camera, this dude just palmed his dick. (laughs) (laughs) And looking him in the eye is what I can only call a pastel colored space juggalo. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a guy in just a gray leotard with some juggalo face paint. The thaw Voyager finds a group of people connected in stasis chambers and something has gone terribly wrong. This has shades of the 37s again. My dude, this is some pure season one TNG level shit that we're about to watch. Get your get your notepad ready. Your notepad ready and be prepared to do like a two-hour episode because <laughs> it's gonna be some real shit. This is some. This is possibly, in my opinion, the most just batshit, stupid episode of the show. Is it entertaining? Can I look forward to having fun? Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna have some fun, Peter. You're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have fun together. We're gonna make up for this one, guys. Was this miserable? Did you? Did you not enjoy us talking about a shit episode? Don't worry. Next week, we're back. We're back and we're going to be better than ever. I promise you. All right, man. Uh, closing us out. Let's see if I got a rule of acquisition here. Oh, it's, not yeah. word, it's not worthy. It's not worthy. I veto. I veto. I will acquiesce. Veto your veto. Feature, save those. Veto, please don't endorse this with a rule of acquisition. All right, fine. We'll skip it. Uh, we'll see okay. what we can line up. It's for not this. worthy. Line up it's the space chuckle episode next. All right, Joe. All right. Thanks for listening to the feature. Please don't watch this fucking episode and we'll see you next week. Peace.